Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a friend, a fellow YPR person who has had an absolutely incredible journey, who has taken life on his own terms. And most interestingly, soon after our conversation today, he'll be sharing a platform with President Obama, Peter Jung. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ashutosh. Uh, it's an honor and pleasure. Truly. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Pete is the founder of Pulsify. He's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and startup mentor. He's very involved in the digital industry. And as I just mentioned, he's a fellow YPR. So Pete, I want to first talk to you about your absolutely incredible childhood. I mean, tell me about your journey from the time you were seven years old. Wow. Um, thanks. Thanks for that, Ashutosh. Um, so... So um, I actually came from an educated family. I mean, uh, my, my, my dad had a master's degree. My mom had a degree in, in English literature from London. Um, and, and it was a, a good childhood. Uh, although my parents divorced when I was three, uh, I, was, I was born in Malaysia uh, and my mom brought me to Singapore. Um, but um, uh, after my, my mom's second marriage failed, uh, she, she went from uh, a celebrity in Singapore. She was with the first TV newscaster. Wow. Um, uh, and, and she had a mental breakdown and had various illnesses from there. So essentially, I've, I've been the sole breadwinner for me and my mom since I was 11, selling fish balls and chicken wings on the street um, and, and a street rat, right? Um, and, and being a street rat, uh, uh, number one, I was constantly running for the, from the police because uh, they just started banning illegal hawking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, every night uh, I would be robbed by gangsters uh, who would take away the money and my earnings for the day uh, and, and with that I needed to join the gang to be able to survive uh, so yes <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a tough uh, childhood extremely Wonderful. tough well I mean Pete uh, I don't think I've ever met anybody who uh, from as you in your words say street track to sharing a platform with the U.S. President Obama. Uh, I mean, congratulations on an amazing journey. But Thank you know, you are also when we were speaking last, you were also telling me about the dot-com boom stage, when uh, you almost took your company into a billion-dollar IPO in the yes. early two thousands. Yes. Tell me about that one. So um, um, I've been a digital entrepreneur since '96. My first tech company was was out of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were headquartered in Melbourne. Um, and, and the idea then was, was to leverage off the very new internet um, uh, in, in trading. Um, and, and the idea was essentially a, a real-time trading platform uh, that extended all the way to SMEs, right? Um, so it's, as a concept in 96, it's Alibaba with a real-time trading okay. uh, um, 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 idea. Okay. Um, and, and while the idea was really big uh, and probably achievable, um, I think number one, we were too early uh, in the game, uh, and and uh, I, I think if we had tried to really build out the platform, then we would have failed. We would have been too early. Mm-hmm. Um, however, where we were lucky was that we were endorsed by the World Trade Organization, um, uh, um, and we built out the first global carbon credits trading platform using the internet, 
um, and we, they wanted us to do other stuff. But yeah, I mean, that was that was what we built out. We didn't build out that thing we set out to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with that, uh, with the opportunities, we had set up offices all over the world. Um, uh, the last round of funding we were valued at two hundred fifty million US. Uh, and we were actually underwritten for an IPO. We were supposed to do an IPO in 2001 uh, and came out in front page of the newspapers, uh, potentially the largest tech company out of Australia. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be a billion dollar IPO mm-hmm. and the dot-com bust happened <laughs> and everything crashed. Okay. So, yes, it was uh, zero to hero to billion dollar company to nothing overnight. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, I guess with these kind of amazing swings, it teaches you a lot of things. What were some of your learnings? Wow. Um, so I, I, I think that experience of World Trade Online gave me a few big learnings. Mm-hmm. But when I was young, I, I think I was in my, in my 30s when, when I built World Trade Online, right? Um, and one of the big things I learned and regretted on was was execution. I, I truly believe we weren't strong enough in execution. And if we had executed much better, we could have potentially survived, right? It was a big idea. Um, and Alibaba is a big company today. Yes. Right? Um, um, uh, so the biggest learning and regret was execution. Uh, the biggest inspirational thing that lifted me from that experience was going from small business mindset mm-hmm. uh, to global domination mindset. Think big. Huh? Uh, and, and, and the quantums of, of, and levels of sophistication and thinking once you just change that mindset, mm-hmm. right? And, and, I, and I given those kind of opportunities. Um, and, and from there, that's, that's where generally with, with everything I've done, it's, it's it's yeah. How how do you make a global impact? Uh, how it's not just building a business for your country mm. and your market mm. and stuff like that. Fascinating. So you know, Pete, you are seen as a digital guru and have represented virtually all the major digital companies in Southeast Asia. Companies like Facebook, Yahoo, Spotify, etc. When they first entered, uh, I'd love to understand from you what are your top two predictions for the new digital world. Wow. No, that's, that's a really unfair uh, question, <laughs> Ashutosh, because um, uh, it, it, it's, it's impossible. It, you can draw many lines to the future, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think, uh, and, and a lot of businesses or even the businesses that, that I work with do plan for the future in terms of where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've learned from being an internet uh, entrepreneur for the last 20 some years is it's anybody who says they can predict the future is, is smoking some dope, right? Uh, it's, it's impossible. Okay. Uh, there is nobody that can see the future because one player, a single player like Uber, for example, can, can change the entire ecosystem and, and how it works in just a, a matter of three years, right? Or, or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one thing that I've learned, so where I'm, 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 probably lucky is so in Southeast Asia I'm known as one of the pioneers for digital media um, and and as you were saying uh, uh, 
the, the early business model that we had was actually representing the big global internet companies mm-hmm. when they wanted to land in, in Southeast Asia, right? So when f- Yahoo first came, we were the exclusive reps for Yahoo, then MSN, then Facebook, then Spotify, LinkedIn, Google, BBC Online, Disney Online, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think um, uh, the, the industry has, has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Google and Facebook are huge dominance in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal belief and map for the future is that Facebook and Google will not be the dominant guys in the future. I mean, there was a time where, where everybody said nobody could kill Yahoo and Yahoo will be the king of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yahoo is no more Yahoo, right? Um, and I've, I've been through a lot of that. I mean, I've, I've been through working with so many great global players, but who aren't around today. Correct. Right? Um, so, so today, I think uh, Google and Facebook are huge dominance in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, am, I, I, I do see a lot of new players, especially the Chinese coming up. Um, and I think uh, the world will be a very different world in the next five years. I agree with you. I agree. And, uh, you know, my next logical question is that the world has also started to change dramatically because of the pandemic. Yes. What are your views of how this is impacting the digital economy? Uh, I, I think the impact to the, there is no larger impact in industry mm-hmm. than probably the digital economy and the health industry. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I truly believe that even if things get normalized, although I think it will be some time before we get normalized, mm-hmm. um, uh, we will never go back to, to history, right? Um, uh, consumer behavior, uh, the way we think, the way we operate has totally changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's why the astronomical uh, uh, rise in value of Zoom, for example, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people won't go from uh, with without COVID, no online video meetings to with COVID, online meetings. And if it's post-COVID, they go back to physical meetings. I, I think it will be much more of a hybrid mm-hmm. and people will be much, much more comfortable with video meetings and, and other online tools mm-hmm. as compared to, to, to pre-COVID, right? Um, so whether it be online shopping, whether it be online communications, uh, whether it be online, running your business online as well, um, the entire world has changed and the world will continue to change. Fascinating. Uh, my next question is that given the amount of interest you have in the internet industry or the business and technology, every company is now beginning to use artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotics, drones. How, will, how do you see this changing all our lives? I am, so, so there are guys like Elon Musk that, that draw doomsday from it. Um, I believe in a better world. Um, I believe that uh, AI actually is the next step in terms of the tech revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to transform industry, mm-hmm. but I don't think it will transform industry negatively, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, when, when the internet first came out, uh, most pundits said uh, it won't last. The internet mm-hmm. is a short-term thing and, 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 and TV and radio, for example, are still the main mediums, right? 
Um, today, the, the world is totally different just after 30 years, right? right. Um, um, and, and essentially, I think it's, it's really the evolution of all of this that when, when you talk about change, so I'll, I'll give you an example. When digital technology for advertising came up and data platforms and all that came up for digital advertising, uh, a lot of people in the media industry said, oh, shoot, with all this technology, jobs will be cut. There's all this AI and data and all that. And, and uh, yeah, it's all this automation and, and the industry will shrink, mm -hmm. right? And people's jobs will be affected. And this just happened 15 years ago. Correct. Right? Today, if you look at the digital media industry, right? And you look at companies uh, within the same function. So in 15 years ago, you went to a large company, they probably would have a marketing director, marketing manager, and media manager, mm. right? In the entire marketing division of the company, right? right. Today, with the onslaught of technology mm. and the sophistication of it, if you went to a, a, a large company who, who had the same marketing function, mm -hmm. it's not just the marketing director, the marketing manager, and the media manager. Mm -hmm. It is the social media manager, it's the data <laughs> analytics manager, it's the AI analyst, it's, it's the data platform guy. And now that organization has turned into an organization of 30 people. Mm -hmm. Are they doing the same things that, that guys in marketing did mm -hmm. 15 years ago? No it's become much more sophisticated. And probably the guys 15 years ago who have not evolved would probably have lost their jobs, right? Um, but again, it's, it's evolved and more jobs have been created, right? So I, I, I don't think, I think the focus changes. The focus changes from automation, right? Process and automation to, to using data and using it more strategically and stuff. So, so I think the focus points have changed. But I don't think lives or jobs will be disrupted much by technology. Wow, incredible. So, Pete, before I move to uh, the next segment, which is your organization, Pulsify, amongst the many that you have, um, I would like to ask you, you know, when you and I were talking earlier, you spoke about your why. I'd like to understand what is your why? Ah, okay. Um, maybe I'll, I'll take it from the track of where we first started, okay. um, Ashutosh. So, so I, I, I had a passion in, in communications when I was a very young boy, right? Mm -hmm. And then that, that inspiration actually was, was from a bad example. Mm -hmm. It was actually studying Hitler, right? And how he was, he, he was the first um, uh, government or, or, or head of, of a country mm -hmm. to use then radio and flyers uh, to be able to communicate to his country and his country members and where i was absolutely thrown off and fascinated was how did this guy use mass media to literally brainwash an entire market to believe that uh, another race was equivalent to a rat and worth exterminating mm -hmm. right i i can't even convince my best friend to kill his enemy mm -hmm. uh, let alone an entire country uh, annihilate a, a race right mm -hmm. And, 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 and that fascinated me, that, that intrigued me. And I, I grew up in Singapore where uh, Lee Kuan Yew was also using mass media very effectively mm -hmm. to transform a nation and people's mindsets and the culture of a nation and stuff like that. And I also grew up with uh, 
the, the marketing wars, the early marketing wars, the McDonald's versus KFC wars, the Coke versus the Pepsi wars. And, and in those early days, I believe that communication shaped the world and I really wanted to play a part in, in that industry. Mm-hmm. So I read every single book on marketing, on communications, on PR and stuff like that. But because I was poor and uneducated, I, I, the, the story is I applied to every single ad agency in Singapore and I got rejected because I was basically uneducated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for many, many years, uh, all the way actually throughout the rest of my life, I've been sort of entrenched in marketing or communications, uh, and a lot of the companies that are founded in the space have been in that space as well. Um, and probably until my 40s, I thought that that was my why. That mm-hmm. was my force, right, uh, uh, of, of, of life, right? Mm-hmm. That, and, and that was the reason for my, for my being. Amazing. Um, and, and I think uh, over the years, so as I was turning 50, um, and I was looking back at, at the why, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and I'd already started switching industries. I started getting out of the, the, the ad industry. And, and I actually realized that to me, uh, it, was, it was a new realization that my passion was not just marketing, mm-hmm. but it was about people. Okay. And, and what I've, I've really been proud of is, I mean, people who have, have come under my wing and been my colleagues and, and worked for me mm-hmm. uh, today are CEOs of, of public listed companies, um, um, uh, senior executives in, in the big internet companies in the mm-hmm. world. Um, and, and, and that was the sense of pride. And that was the sense of legacy that I wanted to leave. And that was actually, that's where I went, hey, actually, that's, that's my why. It's, it's not marketing, right? And, and mapping that, that understanding of advertising technology mm-hmm. and that passion for people and wanting to bring out the best of people, uh, that's where I founded Pulsify, right? Where it's a, Pulsify is a data platform where we seek to understand people and find their potential uh, using advertising technology principles, uh, but yes, now lifting them up in the HR space. So, so again, I, I, I think my why has evolved. Uh, but but having said that, I think a why is extremely important for people to find passion in life. Amazing. Amazing. So, Pete, let's now move to Pulsify. Uh, and we have time for three or four more questions. Uh, you did mention that, you know, you're using uh, artificial intelligence to manage talent yes. uh, in Pulsify. Uh, yes. Tell me about the, the venture and how you're doing this. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll give it to you in very broad strokes because I, I think uh, if you go into depth, uh, there's, there's too much depth and, and, and mm-hmm. stuff that we're doing in the AI sure. uh, to, to be able to, to explain it, right? So uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll throw in uh, a concept of hiring, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I would think a lot of people in, in your audiences are, are business people, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to hire somebody, uh, what really are you looking for? So every company wants great people. Mm-hmm. And when you're hiring somebody, uh, 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 everybody wants a great hire. Correct. And the question to that person is, so what makes a great hire? Mm-hmm. Right? And if, if you distill down the points of a great hire would be, okay, that's this role. I need this person to have the relevant experience and skills for the role. So mm-hmm. if it's a sales manager that the guy studied sales or had sales training, and if possible, had experience in doing sales. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's experience, right? So that's one, one data set or one bucket of data. Um, the other, but again, if, if, you, if you had 10 people applying for the job as salespeople and they all had sales experience, mm -hmm. then what's the differentiator between a good hire and a great hire, mm -hmm. right? Then you'd start saying, okay, uh, it could be his mindset. Uh, I, 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 I think a person who can, can connect well with people, uh, who is aggressive, has grit uh, and all that would become a great salesperson. And that's mindset, right? Um, it could be based on job interest. So, so, uh, it could, uh, so job interest is like uh, people like working with their hands or people like fixing stuff or people like communicate, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, socializing with other people. So what his work interests are, what his mindset is, uh, is he a sync with the company culture and the company values, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think there are a lot of different areas which points to this person versus all the other people is a great hire because he's got the right skills, he's got the right mindset, he's got the right interests, uh, he's, got, he's got a culture fit, uh, he's got leadership potential, uh, uh, and this is his potential in the future, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what Pulsify is, is essentially uh, a data company where we strive to pull in any kind of data or create that data uh, or get to understand that data a holistic understanding of people. So it could be hard skills, it could be soft skills, it could be values, it could be interests, it could be how well people perform in jobs, mm -hmm. uh, it could be how engaged people are in jobs. Mm -hmm. And taking all these data sets, essentially build uh, a digital twin model of understanding people's minds. Mm -hmm. Today, focus on work. Mm -hmm. uh, but essentially, it's how people think, how people feel, and how people act uh, using data. And, and we are one of the first companies in the world that, that are doing that. Fantastic. And I just have one more question, uh, which is that how you mentioned about culture. How does Pulsify factor in culture? Because culture plays a very significant role in uh, the outlook or the view of every individual of, of the 10 salespeople you spoke about. Um, yes. So I, I think there are two parts of, of approaching culture. One is culture from a uh, organization mindset, right? So an organization may say integrity is important, innovation, innovative mindset is important and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So one is company cultures where they have distilled their values from a leadership point of view that these are the things that are important to us. Uh, and when we hire that, that these are the values, hopefully that, that we can instill in, in the people that are working with us or if they share those personal values, right? And when there is a culture fit, that's where people typically tend to be much happier at work and in much more in sync with the why. <laughs> Again, back to the why. From a personal point of view, um, culture actually maps down to values, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's this is something I value and not. And, and, and how we connect this is we try to map people to companies' cultures. Mm -hmm. Right, so so one of our models is we go in, we literally map everybody from a cultural perspective on the ground to say this is a company culture, mm -hmm. and that's where we work with the company to say okay, this is what the data shows us, mm -hmm. this is what you want to to build, and where are the bridges that we need to build to be able to to get there, right? Um, and when we look at employees, then we look at each employee and how they map to the culture and what the company needs to do to get them in sync with the culture or to hire for culture as well. Fascinating.
So Peter, I've got time for one more question and I was trying to debate what to ask you. But then I said that you know, for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation, you have been the quintessential entrepreneur who's you know, done so many different things, succeeded, failed, come out again, succeeded again, billion dollars, and so on and so forth. What would your advice be to a young entrepreneur who's starting off on her or his journey as a startup entrepreneur? Wow. Um, thanks, thanks, Ashutosh, for, for putting it that way. Mm -hmm. Number one, I don't see myself as a successful person. Uh, okay. uh, I, I see myself as... so, okay. Um, um, and I, I think uh, that there are two big things that I think every startup entrepreneur needs to think about. One is the big why, the vision of the company. And, and why that's important is it's the North Star. It's the guiding light. It's the thing you want to inspire all your employees, all your clients towards, right? Uh, it's, it's the place where when you're at crossroads of, of knowing which way to turn or which way to head, Mm -hmm. You look at that North Star and say, okay, between these five options, this is the best two options to focus on because it gets me to the North Star better, faster, and more efficiently, right? Um, number two, it's, it's always about execution, right? Um, and, and, and to be able to execute, it's always about building a great team, right? Okay. So, so I, I think those are the two biggest parts. One is the big picture. Uh, which is the guiding light and it's your force even to get you up in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other piece is execution and, and it's all about people. Incredible. Pete, thank you so much. It's been such an honor and such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for your incredible journey. I mean, I've learned, I've spoken to you twice about this and each time I've got to know a little more of you. Thank you again and good luck with your conference with the president of the U.S., the, the honor and pleasure was totally mine, Ashutosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. For inviting me to your platform. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.